Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 159, Eyes in the Back of Our Head. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. So good to be back with you again. And I hope you're feeling some relief now that Saturn is moving forwards again in Aquarius. Certainly when any of these big planets are stationary, it's as if all the tension builds up. And I know I was feeling somewhat tired because Saturn is really about rules and regulations and foundations. And so I was also finding myself organizing my files on my computer, my iPad, moving pictures around, doing contracts. Did anybody else get into that sort of organizational energy of Saturn? But we can all relax again. Now that I've cleared my desk, I can move forward. And I think with Jupiter also going direct again in a a few days time, we'll also feel some relief, but with Jupiter, it's about expansion. And so I imagine things are going to expand. Maybe more information will come out, more changes will be made. So watch this space. And before you all just jump in and say, whoopee, we're moving forward. (laughs) No, we're still riding this huge wave of change, of transformation, and we're in the middle of it. So remember, ground yourself, root yourself, spend time in nature, spend time with friends, and do things that allow you to know that you are in control of your life, because often we don't feel that way. So do little things like baking and enjoy what you baked, or writing and enjoy what you've written. So small things that allow us to keep understanding this process of creation that we're in. And this morning I woke up with a thought, I wonder if you ever had those thoughts, where some sort of phrase goes through your mind, or maybe you start singing a song, and the lyrics of the song are really pertinent to where you are in the day. Well, this morning I woke up with that phrase, eyes in the back of your head. And I thought, where did that come from? (laughs) What's going on? And these are synchronous matters. It feels as if the universe is saying, focus on this. Sometimes we remember a song, perhaps, that our loved ones would sing or enjoy, and it's kind of reminding us that they're close to us. Other times, something like this comes out of the blue, and we go, what's that about? (laughs) So I thought of the phrase, and it reminded me of, this is a phrase we often talk about when a mother has toddlers. She's got to have eyes in the back of her head because the toddler can go anywhere and we've got to be watchful. And I look back and it was often used in phrases back even in the Roman times. It was seen in plays about being able to be intuitive, to be aware, to be aware of your 360 degrees around you. And that then took me into an experiment that I used to take many of you into when you shared with me in my training of intuition 
navigating the soul's journey, where we would practice seeing whether intuitively we knew when someone was staring at us. Now, this came from Rupert Sheldrake's work. Some of you may have seen his experiments. And in this one particularly, he says that we know when someone is looking at us and that we sense it in our morphogenic field because we are resonant with that energy. And he suggests that this field that we have around us allows us to know when someone maybe is going to call us or we think we should call that person. I'm sure you've had this experience. And someone says, my goodness, I was just about to call you. Or I was just about to send you an email. Or he did another wonderful experiment when he said, do pets know when their owner is about to leave for home? And it was a wonderful experiment, if you've never seen that, that the person would time when they knew they were going to come home and there was a camera in their home. And literally at the moment that the person got in the car, the dog or the mainly dogs, because they're more receptive to this, would go and sit by the door waiting for their owner to come. And they even did little tricks where they said, well, the owner went to the car and then went back into the office and you watch the dog go, okay, they're not coming home yet <laughs> and would wait and then go back to the door when the owner was in the car and coming in that direction. And he looks at this in terms of does one plant know when another plant is being hurt and, you know, they've taken even just a leaf and cut it and a plant many miles away has had a reaction to that plant being cut or burnt. So this idea of a resonant field is very appropriate to us all. It's a form of telepathy, a connection, a inner communication that is very intuitive in my mind. And it also is suggestive of this is why the hundredth monkey event took place. Now, if you don't know anything about this, this was the ability of one or a few monkeys learning how to clean a potato and eat it. And very soon, even though there were monkeys on different islands around the world, they learned from the behavior of these monkeys to clean and wash the potato first before eating it. Hence the hundredth monkey, we can assume that hundred monkeys needed to learn this before everybody knew about this. And his premise is that when we learn something as a collective, we don't need to keep repeating it, going back to the first stage, but we can actually all learn from that experience. Unfortunately, we also can spread other things by that experience. So I'm using it as the highest level of intuition. But if one person has fear, it can also spread through this mechanism in a similar way. And we can all feel a collective fear. So that what I would say is that morphic resonance is not just linear. It's just not one layer. It feels to be that the resonant level that I choose to enter into will allow me to resonate with others on that same level. Does that make sense? So if someone else is feeling fear, it doesn't mean that I necessarily will pick that up unless I resonate 
with that particular vibration. And we've talked a lot about vibration and resonance. And the more we can be around what we say like-minded people and we resonate with these individuals, the more we strengthen that holographic image or vibration that's out there for others to join us, the hundredth monkey. So if a hundred of us are vibrating at one level, we just need to, to do this and then others will start to resonate with that same energy. Make sense? So let me come back to looking at other people and staring at them and seeing whether or not they notice. So here was the experiment that I used to practice and some of you did it with me. I would pair you off. I would have one person sitting and looking ahead and their partner sitting behind them as if it's like one in front of another, you're looking at the back of the head of your partner. And the person at the front is obviously the one who is taking part in the experiment and the other one is the experimenter. So the person at front can have their eyes open or closed. person at the back then lowers their head and looks down into their lap. And then at a moment when they decide, they look up and they stare intently at the back of the head of the individual in front of them and start counting. One and two and three. So we're saying these are seconds, one and. And at the moment when the person in front feels the presence of someone staring at the back of their head, they raise their hand. And they say, and the person at the back says, ah, it took you five seconds to do that, 10 seconds, a minute. <laughs> and we would repeat that exercise three times. And I'm sharing this with you because you might like to do this at home, especially if you've got children because they love doing such experiments. But it's interesting to notice how sensitive we are to this field of energy that surrounds us and to other people being in our field of energy. Now, what I found was that some people would put their hand up even before the other person had looked up. So they look up and they, they see this hand already up. Okay, so some of us are just a little ultra sensitive or ultra keen to get it right. Other people, you know, you'd be looking up and you're up to 60, 60 and 61 and so, you know, we, we hope that somewhere in the relative immediate future, <laughs> you notice that someone's staring at you. And so what I, it was very interesting to find how sensitive people were. And just to say, I used another experiment where I'd actually stare at one or other ear and work out and the person would point to what ear they thought the other person was staring at. And I noticed that you had to just stare with your eyes and not your head. Because if you move your head, sometimes they hear your neck moving. But also the eyes really are the focal point of this stare. So you might like to practice that at home and to see how sensitive you or your family are to your morphogenic fields. But this idea that we can connect to each other across this field of energy, whether it's just remembering and phoning someone or emailing them or even thinking of someone we love you know, thousands of miles apart, or in the more immediate future, as I say, in the fact that we can stare at them, I started to look at, well, what's at the back of the head specifically that makes us be able to pick up on this energy? 
And outside the chakras that we've already talked about, the, the seven chakras, the stargate above, the root chakra below, the thymic chakra in the center between our throat chakra and our heart chakra, we have another center here called the Alta Major, A-L-T-A Major. And the Alta Major was noted by people like Alice Bailey who wrote about this as a very important portal or bridge between, you could say, our head chakras and our body chakras. And it has the most wonderful words or names to it. The breath of God, the mouth of the goddess, the bridge across the abyss. Wonderful words. And it is a portal as well as being a bridge. And we develop it through our life. <clears throat> so what does this mean? Well, in terms of pathology or anatomy, it is connected to the reticulating and uh, retic the RAS, reticular activating system, to the carotid body, perhaps, carotid gland, and also to the brainstem. But I think it's also connected to the cerebellum. And the cerebellum is a very interesting lobe that we have in our brain. Sits right at the back here <clears throat> in the occipital area of our brain. And we understand the cerebellum being connected to balance. So when you have a disease of the cerebellum, you, you have difficulty balancing. But I think it's more than just physical balance. I think it's about knowing where you are in these morphic resonances. It's like, it's like um, being in a grid system, a three-dimensional grid system. And your cerebellum helps you to understand where you are in this system. It has some connections to feeling travel sick, being out of balance. And I think that the cerebellum is constantly balancing us to not only, as I say, be able to physically stand on our own two feet, but energetically be in balance. And it's really important that it receives the input from the crown chakra, from our physical, our energetic field that comes up through our body, through our third eye, our physical eyes, our ears, and I believe the Alta Major gathers all this information. It's a synthesizer of direction, of form, of even soul direction. So in simplistic terms, I'm saying the Alta Major helps us to know where we are in this morphogenic field when someone's looking at us. So everybody has that sense. The Alta Major is present. But every chakra is not just one dimensional. It has many layers to it. And I believe that the more we develop our, our consciousness, the stronger this bridge becomes for us to eventually be able to bridge ourselves in many dimensions. In other words, it's like a portal into multidimensional worlds. I hope this is making sense to you. So our outer major 
is this wonderful bridge that if you saw Harry Potter films, you remember where the, the staircase would, could go in many different directions depending on your intention. That would be a good way of me speaking about it. So it's a staircase that leads you to places dependent on the energy of your intention and the energy of the force of energy that's coming up through your body. Let me just say this clearly. When we, when we get an inspiration, we could say through our crown chakra, that energy then goes into our third eye and we kind of hold that as an idea. It then passes to the outer major where it goes from just an idea to a multi-dimensional idea. It's like you becoming the architect. So I might say, oh, I want to build a bedroom. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I employ an architect, which is my alter major, to make that idea into a form. They create the plans, the construction. So our alter major is our dream center. It's our center where we organize our thoughts into some sort of, as I say, architectural plan. That's the best way I can say it. And then we voice it out into the world through our throat chakra. And I think that's where the breath of God idea comes in. So you could say the divine energy, my higher mind, gives me the thought. I take it into my third eye. I take it into my alter major where the bigger design takes place. The, the more, as I say, the more constructive energy is applied. And then I say, I'm going to build a a bedroom and I've already visualized how that's going to be and I literally breathe <sighs> the divine plan out into the world this is the per this is the way intention works but at the same time if I just have intention I just have a thought but I don't have any force to take it out there when I breathe out it's just a, <laughs> a small breath so the other practice that is essential is for us to clear our energy field, especially through each of those chakras, so that the pure channel of energy rises up along what we call our, our spinal cord or along, up along the kundalini energy. So we bring this energy up, pure energy, which is then what they call the mouth of the goddess. And that energy meets at the back of our skull here at the Alta Major. So, as you've heard me speak about, the most important part, first of all, is to breathe out. <sighs> breathe out right down through the feet, into the earth, through the roots, into what I know and you've, I've told you about is the root chakra. Then you bring that energy up, like the sun rising up through your body, and at each point, you're asking that energy, that pure dragon energy, to clear and purify all our chakras as we come up through them. So we're not bringing our ego energies up with us. We're not bringing our fears up with us. We're not whatever else we carry in all, all our wounds. So you're bringing that dragon energy up and saying, please clear away anything that would stop this pure energy. We bring it up through our heart chakra. In, through our throat chakra, but then into the altar major.
So the outer major, again, can be the collection of the force of energy that you are going to use to bring this dream alive. So we bring the pure energy down as the intention into the outer major. We bring the energy up as the force. And when we breathe it out, force plus intention equals creation. That's how we are designed to be. And that's why the Alta Major is so important. And even though we can use it, I can say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm using my Alta Major to, to, to express, or between my throat chakra and my Alta Major, I'm expressing my dream. The more we develop our chakra system, the more we clear the way and be, use more of our energy that from our light body rather than from our physical body, the more powerful our intention will become in the world. Okay? So when I'm working with someone and I'm feeling into the chakras, sometimes I can feel there's almost no energy in the dream center. What does that mean to me? It means that someone has a great idea but their thinking is getting in the way. What if it doesn't work? What if someone else is doing it? What if I'm no good? So literally, the dream never gets formulated, never, never gets onto the design page, the architectural design, because it's stopped at the third eye or the lower level of the third eye. At the same time, I might feel that you have a very active dream center, overactive, because it's never coming out of the mouth. Again, excuses, questions, throat chakra is blocking it. So what we want with our outer major is for us not to get in our way of our dreams, but also not to express the dreams before they're fully formulated. Otherwise, they just lose all traction. So what I would be saying to you is I suggest that you think of ways in which you can, as I say, breathe out, bring up that beautiful energy from the dragon, clearing out any obstacles, and really just work with allowing that ultra major to bathe in this energy. At the same time, clearing our thoughts, allowing ourselves to tap into that higher mind that we have so that when we speak, we speak with a pure tone. We speak with a pure dream. And we don't sabotage what it is that we came here to do. Because what we know about the Alta Major, it is the seat of our soul purpose. It's almost like the design center. And so the Alta Major allows us to hold that contract of what we came here to do. It is the portal into that contract, into that soul way of purpose. And it will help us design what we came, you know, how we're going to express ourselves in this world. We also know that when someone may lose consciousness, they bang the top of their head. It is also a very vulnerable area. And I know that I, when I worked with possessions or semi-possessions, it was clear that if you knock the back of your head, that portal can open and other energies can come into it. So I'm not wanting to scare you there. This is a very vulnerable place of a doorway that, as I say, can swing in many directions. And so sometimes we do cover the back of our heads, don't we? We kind of put a hand there 
Sometimes we scratch the back of our heads to try and get that dream to come alive. I would only say to us all that it's important to make sure that when you're bringing that energy up, that golden energy coming up, that you also purify the altar major. Don't get too caught into having to express something, but just make sure that it's part of your cleansing process. And sometimes we need to close the door and just say, nobody is allowed in until I've purified what's happening in my life. And finally, I want to say that having an altar major that is allowing us to access different dimensions also is not just about what we're going to put out into the world, but it's also about what are we seeing in the world. And from my experience, and many of you know that I've always been able to see many layers of, of different individuals of the world. And as a child, it was very confusing. But I also know that this outer major energy, which I use to see my world on many different levels, has allowed me to see things that other people may not see. And what I've noticed is how there will be individuals or groups of individuals who will be sending energy to a particular intention that they have or particular belief that will almost isolate them from something larger. I give an example. I Many years ago, I was in India and I went down to the ashram of Sai Baba, who was a mystic, who has now passed, and there were many stories told about him. But my mother had always talked about him, and, and I go always with an open mind. And I was like, yay, let's go and see this man. Well, as I'm sitting literally in a front row seat on the ground, um, with thousands of people who had come to this one festival, I see this man walk in who is shuffling, who is not well, who is not fully in his body. And when he starts speaking, his speech is very incoherent. What I felt was, wow, this person is not well. I felt sorry for him. But everybody around me was like, yay, look at me, look at me, touch me, show me some of your magic. And I realized I was living on a different planet to what was happening around me. But what was so interesting for me was all those people only wanted to see him in the way they wanted to see him. So their intention was flowing out towards this person for them to see him in their eyes. And I realized that that's part of this morphogenic resonance. It's not always about one vision, it's if there's a large enough collective consciousness believing something and sending an intention out, then that will manifest as well, even though the individual, like Sai Baba, was almost not part of this. We would say he was overshadowed by the desires of the people. And that can happen now. Many of us see that happening now. And when you have such a focus on this is what I want, i.e. that's the ego speaking, the full awareness that comes from the outer major is lost. So focus is not the same as awareness. Awareness is I see the whole picture. Focus is I choose to only focus on one part of that picture. Focus can be challenging if it's not pure and, and especially if it only has my intention involved with it or the intention of a few. 
the lower the focus, the density of that focus, the more we're going to create that dense energy. That's why it's so important to raise our vibration to at least when we are focusing, focusing on the highest vibration we can. And finally, I'm seeing that in the present time. Many years ago, I heard and read about how AI was coming into our world and that by 2030, 45% of people will be unemployed. And they spoke about truck drivers, lorry drivers, or restauranteurs, or restaurant servers, or post office, or nurses and doctors, uh, who else? Uh, and many different groups who they said would be the ones that would be dispensable and be, their jobs would be taken over by AI. And I wondered how that was going to happen. And what's happening, as we may all see, is that those who were the heroes, those who were the essential workers, indispensable, are becoming dispensable. And I believe that as I see it from my more morphogenic field, there was always the desire to how do we replace people who we considered essential, supermarket workers, etc., with with AI. I think the plan is in place. And I think many other plans are in place. But when we only are shown one piece of the plan, again, if we're only shown something that someone wants us to focus on, our ultimate is not able to show us the whole picture that is running, is, is happening in our world. So what do we do? I would suggest that we make sure that we resonate at the highest level we can. Going into nature, being with friends who have a similar resonance. And then when you do breathe that breath of God and bring that energy up through the mouth of the goddess, what you're creating is not from a smallness, but from a greatness. And you may say, what does that look like, Christine? I don't know. But I would, in terms, I don't know what's right for you. But I want everyone to experience a joy, a freedom, an abundance that is, is our inheritance. And if I live that way and breathe it into the world, then I believe with us as being a hundred monkeys, we set off a new resonance, a new energy that is not about my needs or your needs, but by what is inherent inside us and what is awaiting us in the new world. Bless you all. Enjoy playing with whether you know someone is watching you. Keep that energy purifying, expanding, enlightening. And the new world awaits us now. We're the ones that are populating it. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. And please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.